You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's a Thursday edition of Crunch Time right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt guys here. We got Thursday night football tonight between the Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll talk about that and the significance of that game in our area. We will look at the Saints one more time. We'll talk LSU and Cajuns as well. Uh, three guests on the docket for today. 4.30, Jay Walker will join us for Cajun's Corner like he does each and every Thursday. At 5 o'clock, the Louisiana Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics, Dr. Brian Maggard, will join us to discuss homecoming. And then at 5.30, Jacob Goins of ESPN 106.7 in Auburn will join us for a preview of the Battle of the Tigers on the Plains on Saturday. 706-0111 if you want to get in on the game hotline and here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast at Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. Bring in my producer and co-host, now the one and only Mr. James Mesh. James, bud, what's going on? How you doing, Matt? Um, I'm here. I'm, I'm doing well. There I'm you doing go. Well, it's a Thursday. Uh. Friday, Friday Eve, as as we call it. Um, Friday Eves are pretty fun. Friday Eves aren't bad, especially during football season. That's when the that's when the week really gets rolling. Uh, but man, this game tonight, the Bengals and the Dolphins. So first of all, the the Bengals probably rocking the most solid helmet in all the NFL. It's been interesting. Uh, I really do like it. And then they've also made the adjustments as well as on the field. Yeah, they've yeah, they, they've repainted the end zones and the midfield logo. Yeah, so instead of the orange and black B at the fifty, it's now black and white. Uh, looks super clean. Poll question of the day: What's your favorite soda? Coke, Sprite, root beer, or other? So far, eighteen percent say Coke, thirty-six percent say root beer, and forty-five percent say other. Two comments, Ton chimed in and said Mountain Dew, and Darren Francis chimed in and said can't go wrong with a Dr. Pepper. And what's pretty cool is, so he says can't go wrong with a Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper liked it on Twitter. So, you know, getting getting famous over here, man. Dr. Pepper's liking our tweets, or replies to our tweets, should I say. Um, Okay, but no, going back to the Dolphins-Bengals, the reason that this game is is so significant in in our area is this is going to be the first time that Joe Burrow and Tua face off since that Saturday in November of 2019 where both of them went ballistic. That game in Tuscaloosa which was won by LSU 46-41, to well on their way to that perfect 15-0 and 0 season, 
had, James, you ready for this? 18 first-round draft picks on the field that day. 18. Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Derek Stingley Jr., Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Justin Jefferson, Terrace Marshall, and then on defense, Xavier McKinney, Trevon Diggs, Pat Sertain. You also had Kayla Von Chason, Jacoby Stevens, Patrick Queen. You had Grant Delpit. You had Derek Stingley Jr., Christian Fulton. I mean, this was a squad for the Tigers and for the Crimson Tide once again. LSU winning that game 46 to 41. So we'll talk more about that Bengals and Dolphins matchup a little later on in the show. We'll also talk Raging Cajuns and the Auburn Tigers in today's show as well. Looking at a couple of top stories in in the world of sports, you also have a couple of college football games tonight including South Carolina and South Carolina Upstate. Uh, they rescheduled that game from Saturday to tonight due to the hurricane, uh, Hurricane Ian, which absolutely battered the Florida West Coast. So uh, our, our thoughts and prayers go out to the state of Florida. We have a donation link on our website, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. If you feel called to to donate we we know our fair share of hurricane damage so we've been there before and you know any way we can help is, is a good thing so once again 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to donate to hurricane ian relief so again south carolina state south carolina tonight at six you've also got utah state and byu at seven o'clock tonight on espn Kansas City Chiefs and Tampa Bay Buccaneers have announced they will play in Tampa as Tampa pretty much avoided the the, the wrath of the storm. So once again, will not be playing in the Superdome, will not be playing in Minneapolis. They will stay at Raymond James Stadium for Sunday night football. James Saints news. Alvin Kamara's court case got pushed back yet again. Are we shocked? Not at all. Okay. I, I just want to make sure. Not at all. Um, he's not going to get punished until next year. No. They're not going to punish him until as soon as end of January, early yeah, February. They're not going to punish him until until next season, which, I mean, if that's the case, I'm fine with it. They're, they're, you're not going to hear any complaint out of me. Um, another NFL story that I want to get to here in this opening segment. We, we love talking about Kyler Murray. I mean, that's just, it's just fun. The cod aficionado. So LaShawn McCoy was asked about... LaShawn's been talking a lot lately. Yeah. So LaShawn was asked about Kyler Murray on the I Am Athlete Tonight podcast. And LaShawn McCoy called Murray a, quote, 
trash quarterback and said that he plays like a high school player. He's trashed, overhyped, overrated. He plays like a high school player. Runs around, runs backwards, he does a circle, the ballerina circle, then goes left, goes right, turns all the way around again, then looks for a wide receiver. That's not how you play quarterback. James, your thoughts? If he plays like a if he plays like just a, any other high schooler, why is he in the NFL? Why is he actually an above average quarterback that has that kind of talent? The the success hasn't been on the field, but I also pertain that to the failures the of the coaching staff that he's playing for. Yeah, the organization and the coaching staff. And so then, the 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 question was asked: Well, Patrick Mahomes does the same thing. Why is Patrick Mahomes so loved? To which McCoy says, "He's not Mahomes." Let me tell you about Mahomes. The majority of Mahomes' passes are timing. Third step hit. Fifth step hit. Now, sometimes he goes off script. We all do that. Every pass, Kyler Murray's holding the ball. Let's make a miracle happen. In every game he's played. So, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm not the world's biggest Kyler Murray fan. But at the same time, sitting there and, and calling the man trash and saying he plays like a high schooler when he is a highly paid starting quarterback in the NFL. Bit of a stretch. It's a bit of a stretch for me. But, you know, every man's entitled to his own opinion. So, you know, it is it is what it is at the end of the day. But, again, uh, when, when Kyler and the Saints, when the Cardinals play the Saints in a couple weeks, Call of Duty will be out. So, how the official good? releases that night, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I I, I want to say it is. I, I think you're I think you're right on the money there. Um, also, there was some interesting fantasy implications with the Thomas Morstead butt punt. So the official ruling was changed from a blocked punt to a punt for minus one yard. That probably absolutely ruined which Morstead's averages. Which is going... Well, not only did it ruin Morstead's averages, but it's also going to mess up some fantasy scores. If you have Miami's... Um, or in, in this case, it would have been Buffalo's special teams... You got credit for a blocked punt, and now you might not. So it could change the way that some fantasy scores go down, which that would be interesting to uh, to see because, I mean, weeks have already been decided. A, a new week's getting underway tonight with the with the Dolphins and Bengals matchup. Let's go to the hotline now, 706-0111. Martin, what's up, bud? All right, I want to start off by apologizing for calling Zach Prescott trash card, all right? Apology accepted. Because obviously I offended some people, some long-time Cowboys fans, but uh, basically what I want to say, I've been supporting the Cowboys my whole life. I got to see them win the Super Bowl, their last Super Bowl. Like I told you on Messenger the other day, I sat through the 
Misery, that was Quincy Carter, Chad Hutchinson, Brad Johnson, Vinny Testaverde. I mean, you name it, I watched them, and I never gave up on them, okay? And I know deep down inside it's not Prescott's fault, it's our owner's fault. Until he relinquishes all control and lets our darn coaches do what they got to do and coach, I mean, we got a good coach in there right now, Mike McCarthy, okay? But is he going to win a Super Bowl? No, because it's Jerry Jones. He needs to stay in the press office, who will never do. And his son's the same way. So whenever his son takes control of the team, we still ain't going to win no Super Bowl. But basically, my frustration was, is, and I know it's like I said, it's not, you win as a complete football team. That's how you win a Super Bowl. One quarterback, I mean, is not going to win a Super Bowl. But, like I said, our whole problem is that our owner won't relinquish the control of the, to the coach. Absolutely. Now, Saints used to have the same problem with Benson. What happened when he relinquished control? He won a Super Bowl. It's that easy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we can get Sean Payton all we want, but if Jerry Jones won't let him coach, yeah, he, he, even, even Sean Payton's not bringing you a Super Bowl with Jerry Jones there. You know, and I'm going to be a Cowboys fan until the day I die. You know, but I just want Dak to, I mean, yeah, he puts up 4,000 yards and everything, but when it all boils down to it, I mean, Super Bowls is what gets you recognized. You know, Super Bowls is what makes you legends. You know, and and, that, and I, I don't expect to win it every single year, but, I mean, a few, I mean, one every five, four years I'm happy with, you know. I mean, it's been 20-somewhat years since we won, last won a Super Bowl, you know. I mean, that's where the frustration All I was simply saying is I don't understand why, and it's not just the Cowboys that do it. Uh, okay, your store quarterback gets hurt and then your backup comes in and he's got the hot hand. Stick with the hot hand, man. You know, I mean, the chemistry's there, but, I mean, they're going to go back with Prescott. He might he might do awesome. You never know. Then again, he might he might not. But that's all I really have to say. And uh, we them boys, man. Thank you for taking my call. Appreciate you, Martin. So, yeah, you know, it's we, – we talked about that a little bit yesterday. Jerry Jones is is trying to have his cake and eat it, too. And it just doesn't work that way. You can't play judge, jury, and executioner and expect to find success. It's just not how it works. Like like Martin said, Sean Payton, I mean, Tom Benson relinquished control, let his coaches and general managers do their jobs. You found success. President, owner, and GM doesn't work. Let's go to the hotline, 706 0111. Jay, what's up? Uh, yesterday, I heard you uh, say that uh, you know Jameis playing hurts hurting the team. I'm gonna hear. I'm gonna hang up and hear your thoughts. Uh, do you feel the same way about Justin Herbert? And uh, thank you. You have a good one. I mean, yeah. If if Justin Herbert, no, I mean, I don't know how he played on, on Sunday. I didn't. I didn't watch the Chargers game on Sunday. But yeah, I mean, my my thing is this when. Your performance is going to hinder the rest of your team. I understand, you know, being the ultimate competitor and wanting to contribute in every way, but when you 
when you're injured, as the ultimate competitor, you have to say, look, I can't play at my best. And when I can't play at my best and I'm going to hurt the team, I need to take a step back. I mean, Herbert went 25 of 45, 297 yards, touchdown and interception. I mean, the stat line's okay, but if he's not right, he's not right. Again, I didn't watch him play. I, I can't make a judgment on the, the way that he p- performed himself. But again, you know, same thing, same thing with Jameis. If you're not right, you can't play. Let's go back to the hotline. Matt's calling in. Matt, what's up? Guys, I just want to thank you for helping me decide to pull Kyler Murray this weekend on my fantasy football team. Um, first couple of weeks, he was okay. Last week, it was absolute garbage. I've got Trevor Lawrence on the bench. I'm making the switch. You're thinking, hey, Trevor Lawrence isn't going to win anything. I don't care if he wins. I just hope he puts up points. And last week, he really did. I think he's coming around. I think that's going to be the change I have to make. Just wanted to tell you thanks for the uh, the nudge because I needed it. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is having a good year. And, I mean, God, the, the Jags are 2-1. and one. Now, I mean, are they going to beat the Eagles on Sunday? Probably not. But, I mean, they're they're not a slouch. Their defense is only giving up 10 points a game. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 12 points a game. 12 points a game. Still pretty pretty damn solid. Um, Yeah, I mean, the, the Jags have been impressive under Doug Peterson so far. Interested to see where, where that relationship goes because everybody's talked about how trash Trevor Lawrence is. That couldn't be farther from the truth. That guy can sling a football. So... Very, very interested to see where that relationship goes with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. All right, James, the the floor the floor is yours, sir. Well, I mean, we got Thursday night football tonight. We had talked about it earlier with the Bengals and Dolphins, and you can start off Week Four right with a no sweat same game parlay from Fanduel, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to Fanduel or if you already have an account. You'll get free bets back if your Thursday night same-game parlay does not hit. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout. A quick parlay that I had come up with yesterday, and I'm still kind of sticking with it, is Jamar Chase with 50-plus receiving yards, Joe Mixon to score an anytime touchdown, and then taking the Miami spread at plus 3.5. But build your own parlay and choose from one of the popular same-game parlays that they have pre-built for you from FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. Play however you want, though, and you can bet on the NFL's Thursday night football game with a no-sweat same-game parlay. Sign up using promo code KLWB if you don't have an account yet. But if you already have one, then you're all set. Just sign in and see what you got. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Three-plus legs, minimum $1 bet required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after the receipt. Max free bet $5. Restrictions do apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Took a timeout right here on Crunch Time. And when we return, we will continue our conversation into Thursday Night Football. And we'll also take a quick rundown at the rankings in the world of college football. Right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. R.I.P. Coolio. R.I.P. It's time to face your worst nightmares with the game's 13th gate giveaway. We have your VIP tickets for the legendary haunted house attraction. That way you can scream over and over again while others have to wait in line. Simply register in the Game Rewards Club, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today to win a pair of VIP tickets to the 13th gate, courtesy of Midnight Productions and the Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And if you just want some general admission passes, you can text the word GATE to 337-283-8100. Once again, GATE to 337-283-8100 to get two general admission passes to the 13th gate, also courtesy of Midnight Productions and the game. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 26 after the hour. James, looking at the college football 1 through 131, rankings. Uh, Georgia's number one. Surprise. Surprise. Ohio State number two. Alabama number three. Michigan four. USC five. Clemson six. Tennessee seven. Oklahoma State eight. Penn State nine. Kentucky ten. Go a little bit further. We'll talk about some of the surprises. Oklahoma dropped 13 spots. Number 18. Uh, Kansas up at number 23. The fact that they're 4-0 is just mind-boggling to me. Uh, Florida's at 26. You've got Texas Tech up 12 spots to 33. LSU at 34. Texas fell 18 spots to number 38. Coastal Carolina, the highest-ranked Sunbelt team at number 41. Tulane at 45. You go a little bit further down. How about James Madison climbing 32 spots in the rankings after beating App? They're up to number 50, and App State dropped 30 spots to number 54. Miami fell 27 spots to 56. Keep scrolling a little bit further. Troy's at 77. The Cajuns' opponent for Saturday, South Alabama, at 64. And then you get to number 97. That's where you'll find the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. They're down 16 spots from last week, ULM at 104. And the lowest-ranked team from Louisiana? Well, of course, that's Louisiana Tech. Number 120 on the list. Ooh, Bulldogs, baby. Oh, man. All right. So let, let's, can, let's get back to the Thursday night football game. Bengals and Dolphins, 7-15 tonight. You can hear it here on the game after the Brian Kelly Coaches Show. Bengals minus three and a half with an over-under of 48 and a half. James, you touching this game at all? Yeah. What you, that's, what why you, that's why I made a whole parlay. What's your picks? I'm, I'm really liking you – can, you can go either or, or you can do both. Tyreek, I mean, he had a down week last week. He only had two catches. He had 33 yards in total. It wasn't the best statistical game, but I think a nice solid safe bet that could help is getting both Jamar and Tyreek on bounce back games and not expecting them to do otherworldly things. 
But like, I feel like 50, 50 receiving yards for both of them is fair. I'm not including a touchdown, but I feel like at some point the Bengals are going to get to the goal line, and instead of pass, maybe they go with a run, and that's where Joe Mixon gets in. That's why I included in par- my parlay. I'm probably going to take... I feel like the under feels like the safe bet because if you look at most of the games throughout the season so far, a lot of them have gone under. It's also because it feels like we're still in preseason mode. So the starters haven't gotten used to playing just yet. It's like foot saying we're, we're still at the preseason part of the regular season where we're, they're still trying to get acclimated. And because that's why we've seen sloppier play and that's why we've seen weirder results. And that's why we've seen lower scoring. So, I feel like until we hit it, and plus also Thursday night's a weird game to judge, but they tend to be a little more lower scoring. So I, I feel like I feel like forty eight and a half might be a little high. I feel like you could see this be a twenty four twenty game. So then you get a touchdown from Joe. Maybe Jamar gets in the end zone again, or maybe you see Boyd or Higgins get in there, or hey. maybe, maybe Hayden Hurst. Actually gets involved for once hey, in, his, if you in, wanna, in his Bengals career. If Joe Burrow wants to throw two touchdowns, one to T. Higgins and one to Jamar Chase, I wouldn't be mad at it. I could, I would, I'm okay because I have Jamar in one league and then T. Higgins in another. Same, and then I have Jamar in, with T. And then I have one of them. And then I have Joe in two leagues. So I, I would not be mad at it at all. Yeah, and no, then not at all. Tua, I know he's questionable, but I, I gotta believe he's playing. I mean, if he's gonna talk all that crap about. Eli Apple will be like, hey, if I see if I if I see Eli Apple if, on Tyreek Ty- Hill, he's I'll throw it to him every time. Yeah, he's getting so the ball. if you're gonna talk like that, I expect you to play the game. Yeah, I I, I would agree there. Um, and, and again, if, if he came back the way he did on Sunday, he's playing. It's it's interesting. I say twenty four twenty, but this may come down to Evan McPherson actually need actually having to make a field goal last minute. Evan McPherson. I've got him in a fantasy league. I wanted him in every league, but you also you know, took him in like the eighth round of like every league. I didn't take him in every league. I only got him in one. Your intention was I to tried take him. to take him in every league. Um, you had a you had a couple people with the same strategy. Couple comments, new comments on the poll question. Tad says Coke Zero aspartame for the win. Coke Coke Classic is spicy. What? And then Jamie Green says. Pepsi, closely followed by Mountain Dew, and that Cajun responds to Jamie and says, "Serial killers are the only ones who drink Pepsi, sir." Maybe it's a maybe it's a twenty three twenty game. Maybe we only see two touchdowns Oof. by the Bengals, and you gotta you Oof. gotta kick field goals. No, 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 no. We need more touchdowns than that, Joe. <laughs> figure, I agree. Figure out I agree. I just think it's gonna be a tough game because Miami's good. I need I need Joe Burrow to pop off for like three fifty and four. I wouldn't be mad at that. That's but what I, that's what I need. I'm not anticipating that type of performance. I'm not either, but that's what I need. That's what I need him. You can only hope do. and pray. Trail is putting on the Sugarman Triathlon and Duathlon this Sunday, October 2nd at Sugar Mill Pond in Youngsville. Spectators are invited to this all-road sprint, 5,500-meter 5, run, and 15-mile bike ride through Sugar Mill Pond development. Volunteers receive free food, drinks, and a shirt. For more information or to register, visit latrail.org. And Trail is a nonprofit dedicated in building and improving outdoor recreation and local parks. Take a time out. When we return, it's time for Cajun's Corner with our man Jay Walker. We'll preview the Cajuns and the Jags where all roads lead to Vermilion and White. 
right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Going deep downfield, he's got a receiver, it's caught! Touchdown, Louisiana! Can't get enough of the vermilion and white? Then you're in luck. Here is the Cajuns Corner with the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker, on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Homecoming this weekend means we got to talk to the man himself, Mr. Jay Walker. Jay, how you doing, sir? If it gets any better, I'll be you. I mean, that's that's fair enough. That's yeah, fair enough. Well, you know. So we the, still we still have to go a long way before we can be mesh. But well, you know. that's that's very fair. That's very fair. Uh, the Cajuns are in territory, Jay, that they haven't been in for for a while. Uh, first two game losing streak since 2018. First time they have lost a Sunbelt West game since 2018 as well. You know, j- just looking at it, you know, the team. The, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that the the team is lost, but they need to get back on the right track. How do they do that? Oh boy, good question. Um, and you know, one that I don't know that I'm qualified to answer because um, I'm not a football coach. Uh, you know, look. I, I think that, that we can agree that this team has deficiencies that we haven't seen in a Raging Cajun football team in quite some time. And I'm talking specifically up front. You know, you've got three guys that are playing in the National Football League. Uh, you've got, you know, several others who have been, you know, all-conference football players over the last, I don't know, uh, you know, let's go back in the last 15 years. Um, you, you got caught because you lost four starters and then you had, you know, three guys who were probably going to be a big part of your offensive line that decided, that decided to portal out. So you've gotten, you, you've gotten caught short a little bit up front. And because of that, you know, you got to find a different way to get things done offensively. And I had a statistic and I don't remember if I, if I said it to you or not Monday when, when I saw you, but the Cajuns against ULM had 17 running plays that gained two yards or fewer. And that's just not something that raging Cajun football is used to. Um, And because of the, the deficiencies that they have that we haven't seen in so long, like I said, you got to find a different way to do it. And that puts a little bit more on the quarterbacks. It puts a little bit more on the wide receivers um, I think this offensive line has done a, a, a decent job of pass blocking. Um, so, you know, you've got something you can hang your hat on, but you're just going to have to throw the football more than maybe you've thrown it in the past. You still have to run it to keep people honest, but you have to understand also that you don't have guys who are ju- you're just going to give the ball to that are going to rip off four, five, six yards a pop um, because this, this team does not have the personnel to do that. Yeah, you know, you, you talked about the offensive line play, and, and you, you did mention that statistic to me, uh, the 17 rushes of two yards or less. You know, you, you lost a lot of the offensive line spot. You lost a lot of the running back position, you know, replacing Montreal Johnson and Amani Bailey from a year ago. You've got a good South Alabama defense coming to Cajun Field on Saturday. You know, we, we talked about it, and you just alluded to it. The offensive line play is going to have to be better starting this weekend. Yeah, it is. And, and um, you know, somebody texted me, of course, this was, this was right after the, the Saturday game, and said, 
you know, what do you think about South Alabama? I said, when I look at their defense, I hope we get a first down. Um, and I said that, of course, tongue-in-cheek. But this is a very good South Alabama defense. This, outside of Florida State, and we still don't know a whole lot about them, I think this might be the best defense the Cajuns are going to play this year. I, I truly believe, in, and, and maybe I'm overestimating them. I don't know. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit. But I think this South Alabama team is every bit as good as all those publicity guys from the Eastern Division. I think they're every bit as good as Coastal and App and James Madison and Marshall. I, I think that uh, the last couple of years I've been saying the only thing they've been missing is a quarterback, and they've got one now. So this is a team that's, uh, you know, that's averaging you know, pushing 40 points a game. Um, I don't think Louisiana Tech's a great football team, but South Alabama made them look like a bad football team last week. And so they're going to have their, their, they're going to have their work cut out for them. I think the good news is, you know, the Cajuns have been opportunistic. They've been taking the ball away on defense. And, um, and I think overall defensively, this team's played pretty well. So you, you, you got something to work with here. But it's going to be a, a, a very, very tough task. But I've been saying all week long, Matt, I'm gonna, and I'm going to say it to your audience too, I expect to see the Cajuns play their best game of the year on Saturday. Um, because, you know, one thing that has been true for quite some time is every time this team doesn't play all that well and everybody thinks that the sky's about to cave in, they turn around and play really good football. And, and let's go back to last year. You know, South Alabama, they should have lost that game. Diego Gajardo's very good kicker. He missed one 36 yards. That's a chip shot for him. Um, and I remember a lot of folks, you know, just, just blistering this team on social media. And then App State came to town. They beat him by four touchdowns. So, I, I expect this team to play its best game of the year. I don't know if it's going to be good enough because I think South Alabama's really good. Yeah, the, they are. And, you know, you talked about Carter Bradley. We'll get to him in a little bit. Looking at the Cajuns quarterbacks, Chandler Fields and Ben Woolridge, you know, but both guys have, have, have kind of underperformed to, to start the season. And, you know, there's a lot of questions about playing both guys. Michael Desermo said yesterday that they're going to kind of – change the way they do it uh getting both guys into into the game what are your what are your thoughts on both guys so far this year well i don't think these guys have underperformed um so i'm going to take issue with the first thing that you said i think they've been inconsistent but when we have seen them perform well and they both had their moments when they performed well they've been pretty good you know Chan- chandler fields has had a, a, a couple of really good games um Ben had that, that great second half uh, against Eastern Michigan, and he's led them on some drives. So I don't know that they've underperformed. I mean, these are guys who have played very little college football coming into this year. And, and so I think overall they've been okay. I don't think they've been great, uh, but I don't think they've been bad either. Now, as far as how Mike's used them, and, and you know, coaches like to script stuff out. You know, and, and the last time that the Cajuns used two quarterbacks, we always knew when Levi was coming into the game to spell Andre Nunez. And, uh, and we've been able to pretty much guess about Woolridge this year, too. But what happened last week that gave Mike pause was, you know, the, the, the Cajuns scored points on their first two possessions. 
And then in the third possession, Ben came out, and I don't remember if the team went three and out, but they had trouble moving the football. And, you know, I, I, I think while I don't think that you can draw the conclusion that it just killed the momentum, like some folks have said, I do think that it, it gave Mike a little pause and said, you know what, now I'm going to second-guess myself, and while I still want to do it this way, I'm not going to be stubborn about it. And um, so I think that's the thing that, that he's talking about when he says he might do things a little bit differently. I, both quarterbacks are going to continue to play. Um, but if one quarterback's really hot, I would expect that he's going to stay with that guy a little bit longer. And, and it doesn't matter which quarterback it is. You know, if they don't have success the first two possessions and Woldridge goes in the game and he starts leading them downfield, well, Mike's going to ride the hot hand. And the thing that we've learned about the quarterbacks is both are capable of having a hot hand you just got to find out which guy it is on a certain day, and then that guy's going to get a few more snaps. Um, you know, so the, the quarterback play is what it is. You know, there's, once again, a lot of inexperience there. Um, but they're going to have to play well for the Cajuns to have a chance to win. So we'll, we'll see how it works this week. South Alabama's allowing fewer than 100 yards a game rushing. Um, so I think the Cajuns are going to have to throw it more, uh, which means the two quarterbacks are going to have to play well if they're going to have a chance to win. You know, you talked about the Cajuns' defense t- doing a good job of taking the ball away, 12 turnovers so far this year. Jordan Quibido and Andre Jones, two guys having big years from that linebacker spot. Campodesclo having a, a good year as well in the secondary. You know, you, you talked about the defense playing well. Just give me, give me your thoughts on this defense. Well, you know, I, look. You lost 17-14 last week. Um, or 21-17, I'm sorry. 75 yards on one play, 89 yards on another play, and then a, uh, a bad snap on a punt. All right? Three plays gave ULM three touchdowns. You know, the Cajuns aren't going to give up a lot of 70-plus-yard plays. This defense is too good for that. Um, so, really... Did ULM have a drive against the Cajuns in the game? The answer is no, they didn't. Um, so I, I like the way this defense is played. I, I, I like the, uh, the fact that the, the, the DBs are always around the football. I like the fact that they don't, last week notwithstanding, I don't think that they miss a lot of tackles. I think they're good at getting some pressure up front, and, and I think that, you know, they haven't allowed a lot of big plays in the running game, save the one by Henry the other night. So overall, I like the way this defense is played. That, you know, they were the strength of a 13-win team last year, and I don't think there's any question if the Cajuns are going to win this year that they're going to be the strength of the team again this year. Chatting with Jay Walker, longtime voice of the region Cajuns here on Cajuns Corner. You know, you talked about the special teams issues. They don't worry me as much because of how – rare it happens i mean this group has been so good for so long yeah yeah they have um you know one of the interesting things though is your your special teams are veteran guys with a couple of exceptions and that's the two guys who are snapping the football you know one is a junior college transfer with little experience the other guys are freshmen they haven't had 
enough consistency in practice to where they got one guy doing both. You know, we've had deep snappers that have been really good over the years. And, you know, this year they've got one guy who snaps on field goals and the other one on punts. So that's the place where you have experience issues. But even your veterans, you know, you ever seen Eric Garrett field a punt on the two-yard line? I, You know, and, and not only that, but there was another return they had set up. If he zigs instead of zags, he probably returns 170-something yards for a touchdown and just zigged the wrong way. You know, this is a veteran guy that usually doesn't make mistakes like that. So, you know, special teams have been a plus for the Cajuns. I think they're going to continue to be. Um, I, I'm just hoping that the issues they had with the snaps uh, was just a one-time thing. All right, Jay, wrapping up, what does homecoming mean to you? Um, you know, I like homecoming because, first of all, there's always good crowd. Um, I like the fact that there's, um, you know, you see people at homecoming, you know, and I don't get a lot of a, a lot of chances to walk around, okay? You know, two hours before kickoff, I'm upstairs and I don't come back down again. But I do get there four hours before kickoff, and I like to walk around. You see people that maybe you don't see at other times. Um, I, I think everybody goes into homecoming week with optimism. Um, because people, you know, UL folks get excited about homecoming, and I like that. And, you know, the coaches do a good job, I think, of explaining to the players that you got guys who did this before you who are going to be here this weekend. And I know that there are um, a lot of the guys from uh, the 82 team 40 years ago that had the biggest comeback in Cajun history, down 26 nothing against Northeast and winning 40 to 26. A lot of those guys are going to be here uh, this weekend. So I just I just like I, I just like the festivity. I like the ambiance of homecoming. And you know, now that they're letting the parade go by, you know, down Cajun Field on the west side, heck, I even got a I even got a candy bar last year, so I was really happy about that. And uh, I'm just uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to uh, for the first time in in five years, red jerseys with white pants, and I'm looking forward to Cajuns and script for the first time uh, in about twenty years. So that'll be fun. Hey, we wore it against A and M a couple of years ago. Wore, wore what? The script helmet. I don't even remember that. I must have slept since then. Twenty eighteen against A and M. Jay Walker, okay. appreciate you as always. Enjoy homecoming, and we'll talk to you next week, my man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on Go Cajuns. Tune in next week for another edition of Cajuns Corner here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Boy, it must be a good feeling to be those Miami Dolphins right now who are going to get right tonight to play the Cincinnati Bengals. But I have noticed with the team is that as they were practicing since they're in Cincinnati right now, Coach Mike McDaniel, the head coach for the Miami Dolphins, He's done some utterly genius things these last couple of days. He's actually started to run 12 players for his offense, so that way you don't have to worry. So you completely throw off the other team because they don't know who's actually running the fake route. You could run multiple formations. You could put two tight ends out there. You don't know if that's a legit two tight end set or if they're actually running three tight ends. You don't know what they're doing. What do you What do you think about that, Matt? 
So the the reason that they were doing that is because uh, there was a student at the University of Cincinnati who has an affiliation with Cincinnati's football team that was spying on practice, basically, is what was happening. And the Dolphins got word that they were spying on practice. And so that's when he started running all, all kinds of fake formations and had guys running fake routes and whatnot. It's still amazing. Oh, it's 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 evil genius. It's 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 uh, I'm putting that down in the notes if I ever become a coach yeah. for like it's, high school football or whatever. It's like, hey, if I'm if I'm practicing and I know that I'm nearby someone else. Yeah, it's evil genius. Uh I'm gonna just do twelve out there. Because <laughs> they borrowed the University of Cincinnati's field for practice yesterday. And so yeah, the e- evil genius by by Mike McDaniel, no no question about it. Our number one in the books. Our number two is going to get started with a bang with Louisiana's Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics, Dr. Brian Maggard, joining us to preview the homecoming festivities that include the induction of eight new members into the Louisiana Athletics Hall of Fame tomorrow night. We'll talk about that, and we'll have a preview of Auburn at 5.30 right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two of Crunch Time right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh in hour number one. We previewed Thursday Night Football and also chatted with the voice of the Cajuns, Mr. Jay Walker, with a preview of the Cajuns in South Alabama on Saturday. Now let's have a conversation with the vice president of Intercollegiate Athletics at the University of Louisiana, Dr. Brian Maggard. Dr. Maggard, thanks for taking the time. How are you? I'm great. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing well. So homecoming week is a is a busy and, and fun time on campus. You know, how, how's homecoming week been up to this point? Uh, it's been very festive. I would tell you there seems to be a tremendous amount of buzz and energy around the entire campus, certainly around our sports park. Uh, ticket sales are going very well. Tailgating spots and RV spots are selling on the single game level. And so we are really expecting a great crowd from a tailgating and attendance standpoint. But I would tell you there's definitely a buzz in the air about homecoming. You know, I know, I know, it's a busy time for you with all with all the extra, you know, festivities and whatnot. But homecoming week as a whole, what does it mean to you? Well, I think you know, for me, it's certainly it's about tradition. It's about honoring those who are here before us, and certainly, you know, continuing to honor those who are here right now. But uh, I think it's also it's a time to pay tribute. Uh, it's a time of tradition, and I'm just excited to. Uh, get an opportunity to get back on that football field and get things straightened out and uh, hopefully have some redemption. You know, talk about the festivities that are coming up that fans should know about, you know, the homecoming parade Saturday morning and, and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So at one thirty, the parade will commence. It'll leave Blackham Coliseum, go down Cajun Dome Boulevard, 
and certainly, you know, go through uh, our sports park there by Cajun Field and down Reinhardt Drive where where it will end. Uh, so tailgaters, you know, they're going to get out there early, I know. It's going to be a beautiful day from a weather standpoint. Certainly we have all of our normal game festivities with the, the uh, music under the oak tree, um, you know, tailgating galore uh, and all that with a parade to boot. So very excited about that uh, atmosphere that I believe is going to be extremely electrifying. And then we need that same energy on the football field uh, at 4 o'clock. You know, you talked about the, the, the festive atmosphere and whatnot. The other side of it, like you said, is on the football field, and there, you got a good matchup at Cajun Field on Saturday between the Cajuns and the South Alabama Jaguars. No question. I think it's going to be one of the uh, better games of all of college football when you just think about you know, the quality of teams that are going to line up against each other. South Alabama's coming in here in all practicality. They should be 4-0, uh, but they're 3-1. and They're going to be extremely hungry. I know they are focused on wanting to win the West Division. They know they have to go through Lafayette to do that. And uh, But I am extremely excited to see how our team responds uh, to the last two weeks. And uh, just, again, think it's going to be a great matchup on that field. Chatting with Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics, Dr. Brian Maggard. You know, you talked about honoring the past and, you know, honoring the, the guys that, that came before, you know, this current team. And obviously throwing it back to the, the script Cajun's helmet is, is, is a great way to do that. You know, just kind of talk about, you know, that nod to the past on the field this Saturday. Well, I think it's, you know, you hit the nail on the head there, Matt. It's just that, right? It's a, it's a tribute. It's a way to, I think, visibly show uh, honor and respect to those who are uh, wearing vermilion and white prior to all of us. And uh, I think, you know, we're getting a tremendous fan-based reaction from the uh, video releases and, and just all the hype about that uniform match. And so, again, I just think it's one more way uh, to physically show tribute to what homecoming is all about and remembering our past. Yeah, no question. And, you know, I've always loved the the red jersey, white pants. So throwing that in there is, is definitely Absolutely. a good look as well. Uh, let's let's go to some some housekeeping now, and we'll start with the Cajun Field renovations. You know, where what's the status of the renovation? What's the latest? How close is the university to achieving the the financial goals that they need to? Right. So first of all, we have hired a, an architect on record. So it's ACSW is a local firm, and they've teamed up with a national firm known as DLR. This is the same group that designed Russo Park. And certainly you're going to see us continue that theme of red brick, gray metal paneling, you know, uh, on this new renovation project. We have gone through the process of interviewing construction managers, and a selection of that group should be made here very shortly. And once that happens, we'll all be able to sit down at the table and really start to hone in on the design, uh, start getting cost estimates, and things of that nature. And so that's really where we are. Uh, probably would not be, you know, prudent of me to go much past that because until we really know what we're dealing with, you know, from an estimation standpoint, uh, you know, product availability, supply chain, et cetera, et cetera, we just want to make sure that we're not getting too far ahead of ourselves. But we're moving in that right direction, 
We're getting the final component of the team uh, put together here, and once that's done, we'll really be able to sit down and, and get to work. And for those that might not know, you know, where can people go to donate to the RCAF if, if they sure. if they want to do so? Yeah, so first of all, just go, you can go to our website, RaisingCages.com, and then just under the menu, go to RCAF. I also think you can go to RCAF.org. Uh, we have very much simplified it for people. It's just a matter of a couple clicks to uh, donate, you know, whatever amount you would like to. And you can also specify where you would like your investment to go to. So it could go to the annual fund, which is really our unrestricted pot of resources. Uh, You could give to a specific sport if you wanted to uh, through their sport foundation accounts, or you could give to a capital project. Lots of ways to do it. We've made it very simple and certainly would encourage people to to visit that website. And uh, if you can find a way to, to invest in UL Athletics, one, it will be greatly appreciated, but two, it continues to help us maintain that nationally prominent athletics program. You know, the the other fun aspect of Homecoming Week is the, the Hall of Fame ceremony that will take place tomorrow night, inducting eight new members into the Louisiana Athletics Hall of Fame, whether it be Jace Conrad or Lynn Williams or Christy right. Ogeron, you know, Talk about the, this Hall of Fame class, you know, how it came together, and, and a little bit about the ceremony tomorrow night. Well, first of all, like, like any class does, we have a committee that uh, works through the nominations uh, put forth by coaches and, and other people, and then that uh, group selects, makes recommendations, and the ultimate approval is done by myself and Dr. Savoie, but... I would say 99% of the time we we certainly follow the vetting and direction of the Hall of Fame committee. Once that's established, we then notify those individuals. I get the dubious honor of making the phone calls and letting those people or their family members know of the uh, selection to be inducted into our Hall of Fame. And then uh, ultimately we put out a public release. And then, as you know, every Friday night before homecoming, we have a very, very nice celebration for inductees and their families uh, at uh, Russo Park in the Stadium Club. After that, the following day, those individuals do get to ride in the homecoming parade where they'll be recognized appropriately. And then they uh, are guests of mine uh, up in our suite for the homecoming game on Saturday. We'll recognize them on the field. Uh, and as I tell them when I inform them of their selection, it's going to be a very eventful, busy, but extremely enjoyable weekend for them back in Lafayette, Louisiana. Wrapping up here with Dr. Brian Maggard. You know, you, you, you hinted earlier at the idea of single-game tailgating and RV passes and, and whatnot, which has been a, a massive success so far this year for the university. Where did that idea come from? You know, we've actually had that in play for ever since I've been here. We've always made single-game tailgating available based on the tailgating spots that have not sold. And, you know, again, no different than a single-game ticket. You know, people can uh, purchase those. Um, Certainly, we have found a tremendous response for the homecoming game, and you'll see us continue to push those opportunities throughout the rest of the season. Um, but no, it's it's something that uh, has been in play. It's just we, uh, you know, we're we're really seeing this year probably more than others, Matt, that uh, a lot of people are taking an interest in buying 
you know, single game tailgating best. Athletic Director Dr. Brian Maggard joining us here on Crunch Time. Dr. Maggard, really appreciate you taking your time. We really enjoyed the conversation, and uh, we hope to have you again sometime. Matt, it's, it's absolutely my pleasure. And uh, for those listening, if you want a chance to go out and watch Raging Cajuns Volleyball tonight, 6 p.m. at E.K. Long, the newly renovated historic E.K. Long, please do so. It's an exciting team to watch, and it is blackout tonight. So we're black at E.K. Long. Fantastic. Thank you, Dr. Mag. Appreciate you. Thank you. And there he goes, the Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics, Dr. Brian Maggard. Before we take our first time out of our number two, got to let you know about our friends at Suit Up. Fashion tuxedos, suits for all occasions, basic sportswear, whatever you may need, wedding party specials. They've got professional service. they got a great staff. They're going to measure you every time you walk into the door, make sure it's a perfect fit. And no matter where you are, you can... they've got a place for you. Three locations throughout Southwest Louisiana, here in Lafayette on Ambassador Caffrey, New Iberia on Admiral Doyle Drive, and then in Lake Charles across from the Prion Lake Mall. You got to go there for homecoming, prom, Mardi Gras ball, weddings. You just need a suit to have in your closet, dress shoes, socks. If you're a Southern Marsh guy like I am, Great selection of Southern Marsh as well. Again, Lafayette, New Iberia, Lake Charles, and they remind you to get dressed up for homecoming at Suit Up. And when you go, tell them that Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh sent you. So before we take time out in hour number one, let's update the poll question. In hour number two, excuse me. Let's update the poll question of the day. What is your favorite soda? So far, 15% say Coke, 5% say Sprite, 25% say Root Beer, and 55% say Other. You know, looking at some of the comments, Brian Vietar said, Diet Coke all the way. Diet Coke is not good. It is not good. Diet anything is not good. It's just got that, that funny, aspartame taste to it. And I just can't do it. Um, James, what's your favorite soda? If we're talking all time, I'd probably have to go with root beer. Hmm. Uh, One that I usually go to as like a second or third option would have to be either Sprite or Fanta. But I, but I do which Fanta, the original orange, the traditional orange. But I, I can always go with like that what red cherry. Is in that like a flavor? Whatever the red one is, strawberry. Yeah, that one's pretty solid too. But oh. it's always an easy go-to for the, or just the regular orange. Strawberry sun-kissed, because sun sun-kissed and chef's kiss. <laughs> sun-kissed and Fanta to me are almost one in the same. Yeah, they taste pretty similar. It's um, or, it's orange soda drinks that taste roughly the same. It's yeah. like it's kind of like a one A one B situation um, where it's like just it doesn't matter. But you will never ever beat a Dr. Pepper. You won't. <laughs> you just won't. Um, it is the one and only. It has 23 flavors, and you taste a different one every time. Um, also, little- are you are you, are you you an official member of Fansville? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Team State, by the way. Um, of course, of course. And then, 
if I'm going oddball here, cherry vanilla Coke. Not cherry, not vanilla, although those are both good. Cherry vanilla. Put them both together, and it will change your life. I know some people think it's weird, but anytime a restaurant has that little Coca-Cola freestyle machine, that's what your boy gets. Cherry vanilla Coke. Because... You, you just, it's just good. Uh, I can I can only say so much about it. The game hotline, 706-0111. And as a reminder, here in Acadiana, don't forget to watch us on the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. It's time to kill two birds with one stone and help a good cause to do some holiday early holiday shopping. The Opelousas St. Landry Grocery Club auction will be held on Tuesday on KDCG Channel 50.2, Cox 9, Charter 11, LUS 22. The auction begins at 6, and viewers can bid on a variety of items, including gift cards, vacation packages, sporting goods, home decor, memorabilia, and much more. All proceeds go to worthy causes, and items can go for pennies on the dollar. So make sure to ten- tune in for the Opelousas St. Landry Rotary Club auction on Tuesday on KDCG. Take a timeout right here. Just kidding. I, I had to I had to play one on them. Let's go to the hotline now, 706-0111. Jacob's calling to give me crap. What up, Matt Miguez? What's going on, sir? Hey, what week is it? Uh, according to you, it is Matt Miguez Hate Week. It's Matt Miguez hate week, and you're you're rolling high on the Bengals tonight. Starting what three or four three? You got three fantasy players going tonight on a Thursday. Yes, I do. That's unfortunate. I do, especially against Miami, who's red hot right now. I have actually. I take that back. I have four Bengals players going tonight. I have Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Evan McPherson, and the Bengals defense. Good luck, Matt. I might, I might win the game tonight. This would be a good weekend for me. Started off good. I might win tonight. Oh, man, this guy. I benched Chase Edmonds just so I could just root against the Bengals. I didn't have to worry about who needs to win this game. I do have Tyreek Hill in a different league, so I need him to go off. However, uh, I'm steady rooting against the Bengals, which might uh, make some people upset around here because they're all big uh, Joe Burrow fans. I could I could put a fifth bingle in if I put in Hayden Hurst at tight end. Hey, why not? Yeah, I mean, I mean, just just why why not go for it? I'm a big Bengals guy, <laughs> but not a big Cowboys guy. No, hell no. The Cowboys could disband as a franchise, and I I don't think my life would stop for a second. It still surprises me that the Cowboys are that. Were, are they the highest like valued? Yeah, they're they're the they're the most valued franchise in all sports. In in the world, right? Yeah. That blows my mind. Eight billion dollars or something like that. And they and they haven't won anything since when? Uh ninety six. Get ready, Mesh. You're gonna have all the Cowboys uh fans calling in. Hey, I'm all <laughs> for I'm a, it. I, I like I like uh, I like Cooper Rush. I'm still hoping that Cooper Rush is the next T B twelve. Hey, he, like, he, he like very well story. might be. I like that story. He very well might be. It's impressive for sure. Well, man, 
I won't be able to call in tomorrow, so hats off to Matt Miguez Hate Week. I hope that you're 0 and 4 and I'm 1 and 3 come come this Tuesday. I'll see you on Saturday, bud. <laughs> see you on Saturday, man. Oh, with that guy. Imagine y'all tie. Oof. And then it comes down to our tiebreaker. Oof. Oh, and, and quickly before we go, before we take time out, number one. So there was a story that popped up last week about UNO, the University of New Orleans, potentially getting a football team. There was a concept rendering for a new stadium on the lakefront in New Orleans. You know, all this stuff. Well, now, if you're if you're a fan of that, you want UNO to get a football team, they're tugging on your heartstrings. Because they posted a picture on Twitter 41 minutes ago of a hand with a white background holding a helmet with the UNO logo on it. So they are just tugging on privateer fans' heartstrings. And I'm here for it because if we could get another solid football team in the state of Louisiana, you know, put them in the Southland with Southeastern and McNeese and Nichols, just makes it even more fun. And it's another team that, that LSU and UO get to get to form a, a little in-state fun with. So it's good. Everybody wins. We'll take a timeout. We'll bring you some Saints audio from London next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Park International will be a buzz this Saturday for the Latin Music Fest. The family-friendly event puts the spotlight on the beautiful and bold Latin culture in our community. Celebrate the bold taste and sounds of Latin culture. Admission is $10. Kids 12 and under get in free. And Cuban superstar Sima Funk headlines the lineup of Latin artists. The Latin Music Fest this Saturday, 4 to 10 p.m., Park International in downtown Lafayette. And for more information, visit Festival International. Dot O-R-G. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 26 after the hour. The Saints alive and well practicing in London this week ahead of their game with the Minnesota Vikings. Dennis Allen, Pete Warner, Chris Olave, and Will Lutz met with the media yesterday. And Dennis Allen was asked if he could put a finger on why there's offensive struggles. You know, I think I think it's just consistency and it's it's you know not shooting ourselves in the foot, you know. Um, look, like I said, you know, last week we, we started off, moved the ball right down the field, and then, uh, you know, we had a penalty which set us behind the chains, and, um, you know, we haven't been able to overcome those things. So we just got to get more consistent with what we're doing. Dennis Allen also was asked, how difficult has the time adjustment been, being that there's a six-hour time difference between London yeah. and New Orleans? It's not easy. Um, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult transition. I think that's one of the reasons why we, we, we feel it's important to get over here early and um, you know try to get it adjusted to the time as, as quickly as you possibly can. And um, so I think each day we'll get a little bit more comfortable with it.
Chris Olave met with the media who was just named the NFC Offensive Rookie of the Month, and he was asked what it would mean for them to get a win on Sunday. Uh, it would mean a lot, for real. I mean, uh, we came out to a rough start, one and two, but uh, just to take it one day at a time, try to get better every day, uh, to come out with a win would be huge, uh, to, to be two and two going back to uh, week five. But uh, just try, like I said, we're trying to get better every day, uh, trying to clean up, clean up everything and uh, put our best foot forward on Sunday. Pete Warner, who is currently leading the NFL in solo tackles with 24, uh, gave his initial thoughts on Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, and the Vikings offense. Yeah, I think they uh, they do well up front. I think it starts with them. They have a smart quarterback and some really explosive athletes uh, as far as receivers and a really good running back. Um, so they can do a lot of different things. I think uh, the key for us is kind of just sticking to what we do, uh, be smart with our eyes, and go out and execute at the end of the day. And then lastly... <coughs> Excuse me. Will Lutz, who has had a slow start to the season, to say the least, discussed getting to London early. Yeah, look, I don't want to give away our secrets, but it seems to be seems to be the right way to do it. I don't know. I can't I can't imagine playing a game in three days right now because I know those guys usually come over Fridays. When we played in Miami, they came over Friday morning, and I think Minnesota's doing the same. And I've heard from guys on the team that's not fun. Um, but, you know, that's a – professional sleep doctor doctor making recommendations on both sides so um, there's reasons for both but I'm a huge proponent of getting over here early James what are your what are your initial thoughts heading into this game I am in complete agreement with how the Saints have approached this as soon as they were able to I know there was about a three hour delay right after Caroline's game to where they couldn't immediately get to London but the fact that you're able to get there as soon as you can to get adjusted because even if for me, I don't know about anyone else, but if you go into a tif- different time zone, just a one hour difference completely oh, throws, you throws you off for the next couple of days. So imagine a six hour difference to me. I think this is the perfect opportunity for the saints to get a really good opportunity and to get back to 500 because you have all the advantage the Vikings, we had seen it before with the Dolphins when they played the Saints in 2017. They looked like they were all kinds of off. I mean, it was Jay Cutler at quarterback, but still, the whole team did not play well in my eyes. The Saints weren't great, but they were able to shut them out by 20 points. So, to me, the Vikings have a good offense, but the fact that they weren't arriving till Thursday evening, Friday morning, Thursday yeah. afternoon, like... You're playing a you're playing a professional football game in three days. To me, unless you're just really good at adjusting to things, I feel like that's really gonna affect the game. And it's not gonna be the greatest quality, but I think this gives the Saints the advantage. Yeah, I, I agree that uh, the Vikings definitely aren't giving themselves enough time. And you saw it the last time the Saints played in London when they played Miami. Well, let's just alluded to it. They showed up on Friday, and you know things went south the saints ended up dominating them and so i mean i'm not going to say that the saints are going to dominate minnesota just because they don't show up till friday but you know that definitely gives the saints an advantage because you've already gotten acclimated to the weather you've already gotten acclimated to the time change you know things of that nature because they're playing in a soccer stadium i i mean that that's fine and dandy 
it's still open. It's still going to be 40-something degrees and rainy on Sunday. I mean, you got to get yourself used to that weather and and the time before you can be ready to play a football game. And the more time you give yourself to make those adjustments, the better off you will be. Yeah, no, no question about it. No question about it. Take a time out right here. And when we return, Jacob Goins of ESPN 106.7 in Auburn will join us to preview LSU Auburn Saturday afternoon, 6 o'clock, right here on the game. We'll do that next. You're home for the LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station over watching a mandated webinar at work. Well, thank you, everyone, for coming to this exciting meeting today to discuss... Take that, productivity in the workplace. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Start off week four right with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you already have an account, you'll get free bets back if your Thursday night same-game parlay doesn't hit. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout. A parlay that I had made a little earlier is to take Jamar Chase with 50-plus yards. You could also go Tyreek Hill without option or just do both of them. Joe Mixon to score an anytime touchdown, but taking Miami spread at plus three and a half. But build your own parlay or choose from one of the popular pre-built same-game parlays that FanDuel has in their top-rated sportsbook app. Play however you want. You can bet on NFL Thursday Night Game with a no-sweat same-game parlay. Just sign up with promo code KLWB if you don't already have an account. But if you have one, you're all set. Just sign up and you see what you got. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older and present in Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Three-plus legs, minimum $1 bet required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after the receipt. Max free bet $5. Restrictions do apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. <laughs> Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 538 here on your Thursday afternoon. Let's preview the Tigers of Auburn or the Eagles or the Plainsmen or their many, many mascots. Jacob Goins of ESPN 106.7 in Auburn joins us. Jacob, what's going on, man? How are you? Doing great, man. How you doing, fellas? Uh, doing well, doing well. Question number one. How hot is Brian Harson's seat? It's about as hot as you can have it. I mean, basically, if, if Auburn would have lost last week against Missouri like they should have about five different times, um, Brian Harson would not be your head coach at this point in Auburn. I don't think he would have made it to the press conference Monday afternoon uh, as the head coach in Auburn. Look, Auburn may have won against Missouri last week, but Auburn didn't beat Missouri last week. And pretty much the fans here in Auburn have, they've just kind of given up on this experiment. It has been rocky since the start. We're almost a year and a half into it, and it somehow has just continued to get worse. I don't know how that's possible, but that's just sort of where we are. And so if you want to talk about coaches on the hot seat, I think Brian Harsons is not just hot, not just warm. Uh, it, it is bursting out in flames right now. And I think if you look at it, he's the betting favorite to lose his job next in college football. And uh, I'm not a betting man myself, but if I were, I'd probably put my money there. So, you know, talking about Brian Harson, let, let's play a game of hypotheticals here. LSU is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite Saturday night. Say LSU – covers and they win by 10 does brian harson get fired on sunday well 
I'm not so sure if it is it's a matter of how much Auburn loses by if they do lose on Saturday. It's how do they look when they do it, right? If if Auburn is able to move the football and run the football like we know they can and even throw a little bit and actually move the ball up and down the field and score some points, something that has not been on Auburn's side this year, if they're able to do that and LSU just pulls away late and wins by double digits, then maybe Brian Harson can hold on until after uh, a, a nasty game in Athens next week. And then I think the bye week is going to be where we see a move made. But if LSU comes to Auburn in a couple of days and they beat Auburn by 30-plus like we saw against Penn State and Jordan-Hare Stadium, then, yeah, I think Sunday morning or maybe even Saturday night around midnight you can see and get the news that Brian Harson is fired at Auburn. So, to be honest with you guys, I'm not too sure if it is a matter of how much they lose by or if they lose. It, it really just depends on how they look doing it because last week against Missouri, you get out to a hot start and then it just falls apart. And, uh, again, it's a game where – they should have lost. Auburn should not be sitting at 3-1, and 1-0 in the SEC. That's just an honest opinion. Auburn should have lost that game. And so the fact that Brian Harson is still here, uh, he can be thanking his lucky stars or, or praying to somebody. But I think if LSU were to come in on Saturday and dominate Auburn, then he would lose his job Sunday. But if Auburn can move the football and look competitive and it be a back-and-forth game like we have seen so many times in Auburn-LSU, then I think he may be able to hold on. T.J. Finley out with an injury to that non-throwing shoulder. So, you know, in comes the the highly touted freshman with, with a lot of expectation and Robbie Ashford. You know, what are your thoughts on Ashford and how do you think he can perform against the Tigers' defense Saturday night? Well, we saw Robbie get his first start against Missouri last week and through two drives in the first quarter, Auburn looked pretty good offensively. They moved the football the very first drive they never threw a pass. Uh, they ran it every single time, and they moved it uh, 80 yards or however much it was, and they scored a touchdown with Robbie Ashford running it in. And then they scored again on a shorter field, and then after that, it just disappeared. And so I think for Robbie Ashford, he has a lot of potential. We've talked about uh, here in Auburn, his ceiling is is really, really high because of his athleticism. Uh, throwing the football still a little questionable. We still don't really know what he's able to do throwing the football, and I just don't think he's there yet as a passer. But unfortunately, guys, the problem for Robbie Ashford or any quarterback that takes snaps for Auburn right now, they don't have the protection for them to actually be successful. And that is a huge, huge problem because Auburn is now going into their third center of the year. They've lost their starter and their backup. Uh, One had injuries and retired from football. And then Tate Johnson, the backup, he is now injured, and he is out for the season. So Auburn's on their third center of the season, plus the rest of the offensive line hasn't given or shown any promise of being able to protect the quarterback. And so for a young quarterback like Robbie Ashford, who is still trying to develop as a passer, who's still trying to learn and run the offense effectively, it's really, really hard for a guy to do that when he doesn't have time to do that. And that's where Auburn is running into an issue right now because we know Auburn's bread and butter is running the football. You've got two of the best running backs, not just in the SEC, I think in college football with Tank Bigby and Jarquez Hunter. But even those guys can't get going because there's just nowhere to run and there's no time to make a play happen. So 
for Robbie Ashford on Saturday night against LSU, who has a talented defense, by the way. I know you guys know that, and they've really stepped up and playing and starting to play well over the last couple of weeks. For Robbie Ashford, we've been talking about you've got to form your offense now to where he can get the ball out of his hands quickly and get it into his playmaker's hands or use his legs because that is the one thing we know that he does have and can use right now until he develops as a passer, until he gets an offensive line that can actually give him time to do anything. You've got to find ways to adjust with your flaws. And the flaw right now for Auburn is the offensive line. So on Saturday, it'll be interesting to see if Auburn makes adjustments because so far they have not. And if they do, I think you can see Robbie Ashford be successful with QB1. But if they stand back there and try to have him throw in the pocket, I think LSU will have a field day on defense. You know, you talked about Auburn being on their third center. I ask you a joking question when I ask this. Um, Now that you're on the third center, is is the student manager his backup? Uh, Yeah, I mean, you would would think so, right? You never know who's going to put on the helmet and run out and play center, but yeah, Auburn, unfortunately, like I said, their starter, Nick Brahms, uh, he's battled injury his entire career, and he ended up retiring from football. And then Tate Johnson was his backup at second string who came in and was given up about 15, 20 pounds on the offensive line, which you guys know that, that's a lot of weight to not have on the offensive line in the SEC. He is now hurt for six to eight weeks, which is basically the entire season. So now it's, now it's a guy who's never played center. I think Auburn is going to end up moving somebody in there that has played center before but hasn't played it in a couple of years. Not too sure who that's going to be, uh, but I think that would be the best thing for Auburn is to move somebody there who at least has experience rather than throwing a brand-new guy at center again. Jacob Goins of ESPN 106.7 in Auburn. Jacob, what matchups on the field do you believe Auburn has the advantage over LSU? I think it's Auburn's defensive line, and unfortunately to this point in the season, it hasn't lived up to the expectations we thought it was going to have, uh, but I still think Auburn's defensive line is, is really, really talented. I think they're one of the most talented in the conference, and this is a game where if you're trying to find a weakness on LSU, in my opinion, from what I've seen, Maybe it is that offensive line. Not saying that they're a weak or a bad offensive line, but I think Auburn would have the advantage when it comes to Auburn's defensive line versus LSU's offensive line. And we have yet to see the pressure and the sack numbers that we thought we were going to get this year or the fumbles force or or whatever you want to look at. But I think last week against Missouri, they started to pick it up a little bit. And sure, Missouri's offense, let's be honest, fellas, it's not all that, but Auburn's defensive line started to get a little bit of pressure. They got their turnover last week from a defensive end, Derek Hall, who was not my bet to get the first turnover of the season for Auburn's defense. But, uh, again, like I said, I'm not really a betting man. So I think it would be Auburn's defensive line versus LSU's offensive line. Try to force some type of pressure. Try to get some turnovers and help out the offense. And then for themselves, help themselves out on defense, not to be on the field for so long and and really that would help out Auburn secondary too where I still have some big concerns because look guys there's times and a lot of times unfortunately where when the opponent throws the football Auburn secondary has no idea when the ball is being thrown their way they're they're covering the guys really well and they're running right there with them but they never make a play on the football they never turn around and all it takes is a good quarterback 
or a good receiver to draw a, a pass interference play or a good quarterback to put the ball in the hands of his receiver for Auburn to get beat. So I think the defensive line has got to be where Auburn takes advantage, and I think they do have a little bit of an advantage on Saturday. Do you think Auburn might be a little underrated in this matchup with the Tigers? You know, that's a good question. Um, underrated, no, because I think what we have seen from Auburn up to this point is pretty much what Auburn is. Uh, and I think it, the opposite is sort of what we see from LSU, where I think they're getting better game by game. And I think LSU has a chance to be sneaky good towards the end of this season. Now, they do have a really tough schedule, uh, and Auburn fans are right there with you, so they, they know exactly how that feels. But I wouldn't say Auburn's underrated in this matchup. I think Auburn is is pretty much what you've seen so far is kind of what you're going to get. Now, everybody knows that it gets weird in Jordan-Hare Stadium at nighttime. You know, the Auburn voodoo comes out and, and weird things happen at times. But um, for the most part, no. I think Auburn is exactly what you think they are. It just depends on if LSU continues to get better and takes advantage of some of the struggles that Auburn's having right now. I think eight points on the road for LSU is a little bit too much. Um, but uh, to be honest with you, I think LSU should be the favorite because if you ask me, I think they're playing better football right now. Jacob Goins of ESPN 106.7 in Auburn. Got one more for you, and this is really a, a historical question. So Auburn is the Auburn Tigers. Where the hell did War Eagle come from? <laughs> well, there is a there's a there's an old wise tale here at Auburn that you get told when you come and visit campus because I, I was a student at Auburn I grew up being an Auburn fan and when you come to campus they tell you the old the old wise tale of there was a professor way back in the day that was a he was a a war veteran that had gone to the war and he had come back and when he was at war uh, apparently he found an injured eagle on the battlefield and so he brought it back to the university and took care of it and made it better basically and he was at a football game at, at Auburn and it got away from him and it started flying around the stadium and everybody knew what it was and so they started pointing at it and saying it was the war eagle it's the war eagle and so that is the that's the story behind it. Now, whether that's fully true or not, that's up for you to interpret. But that's the story behind where War Eagle come from. So yeah, Auburn Tigers. But yeah, they everybody down here says War Eagle. I mean, I you, so I you know obviously I get the Auburn Tigers thing and the War Eagle story is pretty cool. But my thing has always been you know great story turn into your mascot and be the Auburn Eagles. Yeah, it just doesn't have the same flow, though, you know? I mean, an eagle is definitely – it's definitely cool, but tigers are a lot more intimidating, I feel like. Now, there's about a million tigers in the world and mascots, so, I mean, yeah, maybe mix it up a little bit. I, I don't think I would hate it, but, you know, you got tradition, and, and flying the eagle before the game is one of the coolest traditions in college football. No bias here, of course, but, um, yeah, the, the Auburn Tigers saying war eagle, it's weird, but uh, unless you're a part of it, a lot of people – uh, a lot of people from up north, because I grew up up there for a long time, they they definitely don't get it either. So, yeah, it, it's weird, but, hey, people embrace it here. And no question about it, Jacob Gones of ESPN 106.7 in Auburn. Jacob, really appreciate you taking the time. Enjoy the game this weekend, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it, guys. Have a good one, and good luck to you on Saturday. Take a time out. Wrap up today's show after this right here on The Game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
Attention sports fans, your favorite sports book, BetUS.com, back for its 28th year of NFL action with the industry's biggest sign-up bonus of up to 200%. BetUS offers their members the opportunity to cash in on all your favorite leagues, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, and more. Also, hundreds of new casino games, including European slots and live dealers waiting for you at the tables. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity. You need to know you're going to get paid, and you need a sports book that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, golf, esports, horses, and all kinds of crazy bets. Call today at 1-800-79-BETUS. They will walk you through setting up an account. Nobody in the industry gives better bonuses than BetUS, and if you join now and mention KLWB, you can get up to 200% on your first deposit. Head to BetUS.com to join today. That's BetUS, where the game begins. James Mesh, quickly, who wins tonight? Give me the Bengals. I think Tua is going to maybe struggle, and I feel like Cincinnati needs it more than Miami right now. Definitely. I'm doing the Bengals as well. Joe Burrow goes for four hundy with four tutties. God, I would hope so. Shout out to Jay Walker for joining us for Cajun's Corner, Dr. Brian Maggard, and Jacob Goins of ESPN Auburn. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Tomorrow's the Friday fun show. Be safe, be well, hug your mom and them, and we'll see you tomorrow. I'll be at St. Martinville Senior High. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Later on tonight, the Brian Kelly Coaches Show and the Bengals versus the Dolphins.